Hey everyone, today starts our series on women in wrestling, and we're going to do things a little differently this week. I figured that if we're going to do a series on women, let's have a woman start us off. Instead of yours truly speaking during this episode, my wife, whom you may call mistress, will be the one to kick us off. A little shout out to her as well, as we just recently celebrated our first wedding anniversary. So, without further ado, this is the Sleeper Hold Podcast. Women's wrestling has been a part of wrestling history as far back as the early days when wrestling companies were sectioned off into territories. Although this part of wrestling was not nearly as popular as it is today, it did build in popularity mainly during the time America joined the fight in World War II, which had many of our men go overseas to fight. A common trend that many seem to notice is that the more graceful and beautiful the woman was, the more push she was given to be the champion of her company. This could be in part to draw fans, and also be a possible reason why there were some very long title reigns. However, along with this theory, there were also rumors that the more the woman held relations with promoters in the bedroom, the more likely she was to be given the push to the top as well. The women's matches were often put in a lower slot than men's matches, usually as an opener or filler between highly anticipated matches. For women's wrestling, Two names that are most recognized during the time of the territories and still respected to this day are Mae Young and the fabulous Moolah. Mae Young was born on March 12, 1921. She was always an athletic person and even joined her high school boys wrestling team at age 15 despite her gender. When she witnessed a professional wrestling show, Mae tried to challenge the champion Mildred Burke during the show but was denied by promoters. Instead, she was given a shoot match against Gladys Gillum, who she easily beat within seconds. Catching the eye of promoter Billy Wolfe, May was part of her first wrestling company in 1941. In this promotion, she met her longtime best friend, Moolah. May helped bring women's wrestling to Canada while working for Stu Hart at times. Some of her early accomplishments were with the National Wrestling Alliance as May became the company's first Florida women's champion in 1951 and the first NWA United States women's champion in 1968. On September 9, 1999, May Young debuted in the WWF while coming to the ring with her best friend, Mula. They arrived to the ring where Jeff Jarrett smashed a guitar over the head of the fabulous Mula and put May Young into a figure-four leg lock. Since then, May's role in the WWE was more one of comic relief, even though at times it was more disturbing than funny. May often portrayed herself during the shows as a sex-crazed woman who was not afraid to put the moves on any of the men in the locker room, let alone expose herself to the fans if it wasn't for Moolah stopping her from going too far. One example of a disturbing storyline was during her intimate relationship with the once-aliased sexual chocolate, Mark Henry. 
in the story, May eventually became pregnant before being attacked back-to-back by the Dudley boys and rushed to the hospital for her baby's sake. She ended up delivering, but only to a severed rubber adult hand. That story was a bit too much to handle, as it made most of us question the directions WWE was heading during that time. May was also the selection for the Austin vs. Bischoff pie-eating contest. Bischoff was to go first, and Austin respectfully forfeited the round after embarrassing Eric Bischoff. May has kissed many superstars on the screen, including The Rock. On December 31, 2012, May gave birth yet again, but this time to Baby New Year, played by Hornswoggle. Really? They had to try that type of skit again? I guess in the WWE, any storyline and unexpected experience is possible. At the age of 76, May Young was declared Miss Royal Rumble 2000 after winning a bikini contest. May Young also became the first person ever to wrestle over the age of 80 when she had a match on November 15, 2010 against Lay Cool. In 2004, May Young was inducted into the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame and later inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2008. May's final on-screen performance was on the March 4, 2013 episode of Raw, where the WWE was celebrating May's 90th birthday, and CM Punk ended up crashing the party. After the show, Triple H and Vince McMahon presented May with a replica of the WWE Divas Championship title for her birthday, donning her as Forever the Divas Champion. On January 14, 2014, May Young passed away at the age of 90, forever cementing herself as one of the all-time legends of wrestling. Sleeper Hole Podcast is proud to be partnered up and broadcasting with 217 Radio, an internet radio station in the central Illinois area. To keep up with our new weekly schedule, our show is aired every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and yours truly also has another show at that same time every Wednesday where I freely speak my mind on some of the news locally and nationally. But you don't only get to listen to me. There's great music and incredible shows from other hosts as well. Soon, I will be super looking forward to the show that talks about the paranormal and does the little investigations. I'm a big paranormal junkie, so that one's going to be awesome once it gets up and going. Wednesdays also has 217 Problems, which is from the same great creator of 217 Problems, which is named and shown on Facebook. Now, Pickett, he's one of the producers of 217 Radio, and he has the Pickett's Movie Show on Saturdays, which is great for those who want to review on what movies to check out. And I'm looking forward to seeing my buddy, Jeremy Bailey, launch Lincoln's Legends on the Thursday night slot. Now, this is a big-time growing show, so let me tell you, many shows are being added as days roll by, and there's many things going on. So... I am very, very sure there's going to be so many great things to check out as new shows are added and there's something for everybody. So what are you waiting for? Just go to 217radio.com. Sit back, relax, and enjoy some great shows and a great variety of music. 
The fabulous Moolah was born on July 22, 1923, and also began her wrestling career in the 1940s under promoter Billy Wolf and trainer Mildred Burke. Although she didn't start her career under this name, she is most recognized by the name Moolah, which was established after joining the WWF. Although she was encouraged to help herself rise to the top by taking her business to the bedroom, Moolah refused to practice this method, feeling she should handle things more professionally. In her early career, she became the NWA Women's Champion in 1956 after defeating Judy Garble in a 13-woman battle royal and was a prominent title holder for over the next 30 years. Her first championship reign lasted over 10 years, and according to the WWE records, Moolah holds the longest title reign in history, being the NWA Women's Champion for just over 27 years and 11 months. Moolah paved the way for women's wrestling by making a stand as a symbol against different locations and companies who did not allow women's wrestling in their venues and promotions. On July 1, 1972, Madison Square Gardens changed their rules, and Moolah was the first woman to wrestle inside their building. She also helped overturn the ban on women's wrestling for the entire state of New York in 1972, after easily flipping football player Roosevelt Greer on his back during the Mike Douglas show. Moolah also wrote her own book about her experiences, titled First Goddess of the Squared Circle. In the 1980s, Moolah joined the WWF and started a feud against Wendy Richter and pop star Cyndi Lauper. In 1984, Wendy Richter defeated Moolah for the WWF Women's Championship. Moolah would regain her title on November 25, 1985, after donning a mask and going under the alias The Spider Lady, in what has been declared a controversial decision, as it was stated that Richter never was aware that she would be losing the title. Shortly after a run with the WWF, Moolah focused her career on being a trainer and promoter for other women in wrestling. It wasn't easy at first for her and her husband to start their work on training and booking these female talent. Once the opportunity arose, the two began promoting their business under the name Girl Wrestling Enterprises. Mula was known to be very strict to her students, demanding they look and act like a lady most of the time, as well as making it an established rule that none of her students were to date any male wrestlers. Although it wasn't stated until after her death, Many of the trainees spoke ill towards Moolah's training, booking, and other methods, accusing her of taking large cuts from their booking, establishing rules that made it where more of their money went into Moolah's pocket, and even some accused of her handing them out as if they were prostitutes. These cases have been unfounded, but did cause some damage to Moolah's name. Moolah's return to the ring was in 1999 with Mae Young's debut as mentioned earlier, on October 17, 1999, the fabulous Moolah became the oldest WWE Women's Champion at age 76 after defeating Ivory at the No Mercy pay-per-view. On September 15, 1920, I'm sorry. On September 15, 2003, Moolah defeated Victoria to become the first octogenarian to compete in the WWE. A celebration shortly lived as Randy Orton walked out to deliver an RKO to the women's legend. Moolah performed in various comedic roles as a charmer to some of the male roster and a distinguished lady towards the divas. Many times you would see her being extremely friendly to Pat Patterson or Mean Jean Ogerland. Her last appearance before her passing was at the 2007 SummerSlam in a small segment between Vince McMahon, 
William Regal, and herself. Although she has yet to be inducted into the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame, in 1995 the fabulous Moolah was the first woman to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. On November 2, 2007, the fabulous Moolah passed away at age 84, but her legacy is still seen by the women inside the ring that she helped pave the way for. Here at the Sleeper Hold Podcast, we strongly believe in helping others. This quarter, the Sleeper Hold Podcast is going pink with Susan G. Komen as we join the Rise Above Cancer campaign. Susan G. Komen is the world's largest nonprofit funder of breast cancer research. Breast cancer is the most commonly diagnosed cancer in the world and the second leading cause of cancer-related deaths among women in the United States. There are already more than 3.1 million breast cancer survivors now in the United States, and their contributions will help with the research and work to increase the number of survivors of breast cancer. For more information or to make your donation, visit thesleeperhold.com and click on the Susan G. Komen link. Although there were other women during these years, it is clear that the continuous love and passion for wrestling that Mae Young and Mula had is what helped pave the way for many of the talented divas we have to this day, including locally. As we continue this series, we are going to look at many other women who have been very successful in the ring, while some have also had a role in revolutionizing the definition of women's wrestling in one way or another. Come back next week, where Priest will be back to talk about Alundra Blaze, who helped draw first blood in the Monday Night War. Thank you for listening to the Sleeper Hold Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at thesleeperhold.com, comment on episodes, read our blog, find information about our quarterly charity, and more. See you next week.